0: Terence is a coach and a startup mentor who works with a lot of ambitious leaders around the world. And Terence and I were speaking uh, before this interview to get to know each other a little bit more. And um, you know, Terence is—he's a laugh. He's a great guy. He's uh from the UK, and um, we had like this instant connection where we um—I think we're on the same wavelength, Terence. Could you say that, Joel? Definitely.
1: I look forward to coming to Positano next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, nice, man. Nice. Well, you're more than welcome to come down to Positano oh. for my wedding. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, so Terrence, I'm really interested in kind of getting more into what your role is in this world and what your purpose really is, uh, yeah. especially in the business world as well, because I know that you're passionate about helping startups to go to that next level and to really play at level 10 with, uh, with everything that they do, so... Yeah, just give us a little bit of a background of how you got into this space and uh, what you're doing right now.
1: Excellent. Thanks, Joel. So uh, I spent my first career working in advertising, working with some major brands around the world, traveling, uh, interacting, and then I hit a crossroads and it was at this point that I uh, decided to uh, complete an MBA at uh, London Business School. And to be honest, once I'd done that, I wasn't 100% clear what I was going to do. I I was at a crossroads. I've always been passionate about helping people achieve their full potential. And so I moved into the arena of coaching and mentoring. Now, to give you a time scale, this is going back about 12 years. And so my purpose, my mission, uh, my goal over the last uh, over the last twelve years has really been to uh, help people realise their potential and, like you say, get them up to level ten in terms of uh, performance, results, and really uh, putting their best foot forward every day. So that's that's really what I'm about. That's what excites me. That's what gets me up every morning.
0: Awesome. Awesome, Terence. That's great. So what would you say is the uh, problem area for a lot of startup entrepreneurs when you guys first meet?
1: It's, uh, it's a really good question. I think one of the biggest challenges for most startup entrepreneurs now is, is focus. And the reason I say that is that uh, I think there's an unprecedented level of distraction which makes it very difficult to stay focused on what really matters. Just to give you one example of my, uh, my research, if you can imagine eight hours in a day is only 480 minutes. And that's the same for all of us. And in those 480 minutes, you have to prioritize, you have to deal with emails, telephone calls, meetings, but also interruptions. Now, if you interrupt, get interrupted every five minutes or you even interrupt yourself uh, every five minutes, that works out at 96 interruptions every day. Now, you can see very easily that it it would be very difficult to to really focus and get things done if you're constantly being distracted. And so one of the big actions I provide to my uh, clients is really helping them to stay focused so that they can execute quickly, and turn ideas into uh, into reality.
0: Yeah, man, that that is definitely something that is overlooked by so many people. When you were explaining that to me just then, I was going through my head, like, what did I do today? And when, yeah. I, when you really sit back and think about it, like, I was distracted by emails coming in, messages coming up on my phone, Facebook coming up. I'd go into Facebook to look for, like, one thing. Maybe I needed a picture or something. And, it, and the next thing I'm like, oh, I got a notification or a message. And oh, my God, it's, it's so distracting, right? Yeah. It's got to the point
1: now where um, there's a famous uh, Nobel laureate psychologist, Simon Herbert, who says too much information leads to a poverty of attention. And I completely agree with that. I think uh, there's a battle for our attention going on and if you've got an idea you know it's it's good to come up with ideas but it's about really then implementing the idea and sustaining the idea to help the planet to help people and that's not easy now because of all of these different distractions so that discipline of mind and that ability to really focus on focus I think is almost I describe it as a hidden driver of entrepreneurial success,
0: that uh, that focus competency. Yeah, 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 and I love that quote that you mentioned earlier, that's great, man. That's something that's gonna stick with me for sure. Awesome. Great. Nice, so um, what do you feel makes or separates a losing entrepreneur to a successful entrepreneur? What is that main characteristic or that main skill, I guess, that um separates the two? <gasps>
1: I would focus on two examples. The first would be really uh, passionate curiosity. So that ability to have a point of view about uh, trends that are exciting, trends that are threatening, the ability to take intelligent risks. So one of the pieces of advice I give to uh, entrepreneurs is really we've got to learn faster and fail smarter. I'd add to that, we need to risk braver. So I think the first area is really around passionate curiosity and the discipline and and really uh, the discipline to execute ruthlessly to make things happen. So number one is around passionate curiosity. The second area is really the ability to deal with setbacks, to deal with failure. And there's that saying, success is a lousy teacher. I did some work in Finland a couple of years ago and came across a term, it's called Sisu. And this word Sisu is an interesting uh, interesting characteristic for an entrepreneur. In fact, I'd say it's a must have characteristic. Sisu means uh, resilience, it means grit. It's really the ability to, uh, to, to face the angry bear outside your door. Now the angry bear could be your competition, it could be your own inner fears. It could be self-doubt. It could be failure or setback. So I think the second uh, area, which is absolutely fundamental for success, is resilience. sizu.
0: Beautiful. Sisu. Sisu. <laughs> Beautiful, man. We all
1: need more Sisu in our lives <laughs> so that we, we grow through that adversity rather than let it defeat us.
0: Yeah, wonderful. So what do you believe is a way that entrepreneurs can build more courage when, uh, when facing you know, these adversities or these failures along the way?
1: I think a good example of this is Jan Coombe, the co-founder of WhatsApp. And I mean, his story is a true story of Sisu and this ability to get back on your feet when life keeps throwing hard punches at you. Uh, you know, this is a guy that grew up in Ukraine. He left Ukraine at the age of 16 with his mother, never saw his father again. He uh, used to collect food stamps with his mother. She was a housekeeper. She got cancer. Um, she passed away. And, you know, he was at a very low point in his life. For a number of years, he was lost. He didn't know where he was or who he was. He managed to get back on track using some old uh, Russian Soviet books he started to write this idea called WhatsApp or WhatsApp as it became known and you know this year you, you probably heard that WhatsApp sold to Facebook for over 18 billion and it was a great story he went back to the social services where he used to collect food stamps to sign the papers with the venture capitalist and became a billionaire and I think he's an embodiment of this ability to build courage, which is really taking productive pauses, reflection, and remembering that you can take strength from any of them.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a great story. That's a great example. You know, you've walked into a lot of boardrooms, right, around the world, uh, meeting with a lot of different, uh, you know, f- CEOs, founders, um, startup entrepreneurs, Yes. What has been your real standout experience? Like one of those moments where you walked in and you met someone that just kind of lit, lit you up or, or, you know, amazed you with new, a new opportunity? Like, what was something that really um, was an outstanding moment for you?
1: It would have to be, I mean, there's many. Uh, one that really stands out immediately when you ask me this question is McLaren, Formula One car company. And everything about that business, uh, it's about excellence, it's about perfectionism, it's about not really uh, accepting a status quo, so a disregard for status quo. And I remember arriving at the McLaren office, and they even have a high-performing building. They've used architects that have created a building which promotes higher levels of focus, concentration, Promotes uh, more collaboration between departments, and I remember when I walked into that boardroom, uh, the individuals, the caliber of the individuals, was so high, uh, and in terms of the level of passion and uh, appetite to uh, to grow and succeed, it, it was infectious. It really, really was. So Ron Dennis, the chairman of McLaren, you know, he's. He's obsessed with perfection. He's he's absolutely obsessed with it. and It comes across, and uh, like Steve, like like the late like Steve Jobs, you know, these are characters that um, they want to make a dent in the universe, and uh, and you you and you can feel
0: it. Nice, nice. So McLaren, that's awesome. And how did that happen for you?
1: For me, it was really a case of. Um, through the networking. We spoke about networking uh, earlier and you know the, the importance of building up. Um, I call it growing your posse. And I think everybody needs a, a posse now. And there's different types of posses that will get us ahead. Uh, I think you need a, a, a personal posse. So that's your friends, your family, those closest to you. Um, that provides you with that emotional support. The second type of posse is more of an operational posse, which is your day-to-day job. And then the third posse is really the big ideas crowd. These are people that may you may not know personally, but they should be on your radar because they will provide you with access to new information, new knowledge, new opportunity. And, and so building up this intelligence network uh, is absolutely key. And that's how I came to, to, uh, to work with McLaren. It was really through growing the posse and, and the networking.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's like strength in numbers, right? You know, link, link with people, collaborate. You become more powerful.
1: That's the, exactly it's that's uh, that relationship capital that we are in control
0: of, and I think everybody
1: should have a very clear plan um, to network intelligently and make sure that they're growing those different ties around the world. We're all you know. We're all hardwired to connect.
0: We are. Yeah, when you look at it, right? When we're young, we're kids. We in the playground, we go up and just introduce ourselves to just random other kids, right? And with like no shame or, or anything like that. So from a young age, we do it. It's just as we grow older, we it's it's almost like weird to go up and introduce yourself to someone. It's this,
1: you know it's that self-imposter syndrome where you put everybody else on a pedestal and you allow that inner critic to sabotage your fear. In fact, there's a condition and it's called glossophobia, and it's a Latin word. And glossophobia means fear speaking to others. Now, I'd say probably 90% of the global population have glossophobia at some point. I know I've had it. You know, it's when your hands go sweaty, uh, your knees shake, the pitch of your voice can go up and make you sound like a smurf. <laughs> yeah, all, <this>. <laughs> <laughs> all these things can go, and hopefully all of this doesn't happen at once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that'll, yeah, that'd just freak everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh that's hilarious man you know what you've, you've been dropping a lot of knowledge bombs uh, in the past like I don't know what it's been 10 minutes or something like that and, and I'm really grateful that you've shared so much knowledge already with us man and, and like really what we try and do here with Addicted to Success is to try and bring as much value as we can to those that want to learn about becoming more of themselves or more of them better self yes so what would your advice be for somebody that wants to you know step into the personal development uh, arena and really work on themselves personally like what would your advice be
1: i'd recommend a 3 point plan uh, so first of all start you know start with the why you know um start with a very clear purpose about who you are what you're about what your values are what your mission is what what really excites you because that will give you the the energy the uh the fuel the catalyst to spark up uh, all sorts of opportunities. So number one is really around be clear about your purpose, be clear about what you want to achieve in life. And there is a, there is a point of urgency here. I've, I've worked out, I'm a numbers man, and I've worked out that if we're lucky, we have 960 months to live. Now I don't want to depress everybody listening to that, but 960 months is only 80 years of age we sleep for 300 months, so. (laughs) I know I I can see everybody now just quitting their jobs and going traveling around the world, but that idea of time, that time is limited, we can actually use to galvanize ourselves and force clarity on what we want from our 960 months. And so number one is really around purpose and really thinking about this block of time and saying, okay, 960 months and thousand months if I'm lucky. what do I want that to represent and be really clear about that. So that's number one. number two then is really to to think backwards and this is a technique that many uh, successful high achievers use which is you know really begin with that end in mind and then think and plan backwards and really think about what specifically over a timeline, Will that success look like? So, break it down, break it down, simplify it, and create a plan. And then, number three, most importantly, you've got to overcome that inner perfectionist. You know, everyone has this inner perfectionist which will keep stopping you from doing what you should have done yesterday and the day before. And the world will never be perfect. So, you've almost got to get started, get started, and start executing, start implementing. Um, We've only got 960 months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, get your ass in the gear. That's what you (laughs) need to do. (laughs) Exactly. Start getting addicted to success. That's what you need to do. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Awesome. So you obviously didn't just work all this out yourself, man. You would have had somebody at some point along the lines that would have inspired you or... I, sh- I guess showed you some of the ropes or mentored you in some way. Could you tell us like who that mentor was or someone that had like a really huge impact in your life in your career? Absolutely, I've I've endeavoured throughout my life to uh,
1: identify people with the right set of values uh, who can inspire me or get me to get me to uh, identify identify blind spots which I'm not aware of myself. And I think we we all need that. We all need to have um, mentors, uh, people that uh, you know, people that we can uh, learn from. For me, you know, one of the first people that comes to mind is my late grandfather from Italy. You know, he was somebody who would actually had to face many of his own everests. And I use that expression that in life we all have to face our own everests. They're going to come at some point. You know, he'd been through two world wars, he'd sustained injuries, uh, and yet he was able to get back up on his feet and continue to smile and be in the moment and be very uh, generous-spirited and kind. And he was somebody that really taught me about the importance of uh, you know shattering limits and embracing limitations and really transcending them. So he was a very inspirational figure. And then there's been other inspirational people in my life from business as well, uh, including one individual who was great at planning. Uh, planning and execution were really his two pillars of success. And I remember him telling me that in life, you know, we have to deal with these uh, misery monsters and blame throwers, but really that self belief, that sisu. Uh, will stand will help you uh, overcome that. So he was another inspirational person in my life. His one of his favorite sayings was, "We've got to eat problems for breakfast."
0: Eat problems for breakfast. Did he tell Did you he tell you that in Italian? He told me that
1: in Italian, and then we proceeded to uh, eat uh, croissants and sip nice uh, cappuccino.
0: <laughs> it was funny, man. I was in Italy uh, for you know a couple of weeks. Uh, last year, and I could not find any other food besides pasta, pizza, and caprese salad. That was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is the this is the staple diet
0: in Italy, and it's it
1: stood the test of time. And you know, as you probably saw, Italians they get more than nine hundred and sixty months. You know, a lot of them with the uh, the red wine and the olives and the, and, the, and the and the warm sun and just the the way of life there. Is conducive
0: to uh, longevity. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start taking siestas in the middle of the day, man, and um, and kind of work until a little bit later. I think that's si- the key. Ah,
1: that's key. Those power naps. That's the, that's the secret sauce. <laughs> <source.
0: laughs> you got it. You got it, Terence. Great, great. So, just going back to the the subject of startups, like, what do you feel makes yes a startup go from good to great? I think there's a number of factors. But really, um,
1: right now, I think some of the key uh, areas are speed. It's something which, for example, um, Brian Chesky at Airbnb, who's really, you know, his mission is very simple. He's trying to reimagine the $6 trillion hospitality industry. Now, he doesn't own one hotel, and yet the market valuation of his company is already on par or about to exceed intercontinental hotels and so you know that's a great example of a startup that a couple of years ago did not exist it's about a great idea it's about taking that idea through to execution quickly it's about scaling it up and then taking it around the planet um uber is another example. Travis Kalanick at Uber, you know, his company has got a market cap of over 18 billion. Again, he turned the problem into a solution. He got really, he was in Paris. He was waiting for hours for taxes. It's very difficult to get a taxi in Paris when you come out of the Garden North station. And he thought, do you know what? This is not good enough. And, and uh, out of that problem spawned Uber. And then again, I think speed of execution uh, has made that idea, you know, we've all got it now. We're all you many people are using it. So Uber, Airbnb Whatsapp, these are examples of companies that uh, really focus on speed to market fast execution Clarity of focus as well. You know, they all say they only want to do one thing and do it well um, Brian Chesky Airbnb for example his strategy document was on, was on one was on a half page A4 paper, so these guys are very good at uh, clarity, uh, clarity of mind, and
0: clarity of focus. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and it's funny like those guys that you mentioned, the companies that they created, they all seem to like disrupt the industry. Disrupt. That's what they do. Yeah, they're disruptors. That's really what it is. So you gotta look at what you're doing, and you're like, how much impact am I gonna have in, in the industry that I'm you know playing in? Like is this really gonna shake the ship? It's
1: it's such a great term. And you know, at Google they use this technique called moonshot thinking or 10X, 10 times thinking. And the the idea behind that is, you know, everybody's thinking about a 10% improvement or a 15% improvement. And the problem with that type of thinking is it's 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 status quo driven. It's consensus. And actually, it doesn't get you ahead. It's not disruptive. All you're doing is imitating. Whereas this 10 times thinking is around, come, to, come, up, come up with an idea, but what could we do to make it 100 times better? And so we have the driverless car now from Google. And so I think that, that disruptive thinking skill It requires courage, but also it requires this, uh, you know, almost like a disregard for the status quo. And that's a skill that some people can cultivate and some people need more work on.
0: Yeah, that's right. If you want to kind of know a little bit more about the 10X thinking, I actually interviewed multi, multi millionaire and author uh, Grant Cardone a few episodes ago. Excellent. And he released a book recently called 10X. And he's all about that. I think he might yes. have even trained the Google guys, so that's probably why they're kind of talking like that too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that's the way it. to go, man. I'm actually in the middle right now of listening to his uh, his audio book, and yeah, get your hands on that for sure. Excellent. That's that's. I'm, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Awesome. So, what do you feel um, a lot of startup entrepreneurs are wasting their time on nowadays? Yes. I think one of the challenges that startups face is the
1: the, pay, the speed. It's about change, but also the speed of change. And so it, it's really the processes can become redundant very quickly. Uh, you know, if you go from a, a hundred person startup to a thousand, uh, you're going to have to refresh the processes, the systems, the policies. You're going to have to update them. You're going to have to get rid of some and replace them with new ones. And of course, what most companies do is they don't do that, and so what defines their success at the beginning can become a very damaging Achilles' heel later on. So this ability to stay light-footed and still be still uh, have a, a, a startup mindset, you know, I think it's one of the biggest challenges that companies face, which is to still think like a startup. So the big problem is around those processes and really updating them so they stay fresh and agile.
0: Yeah, no, that's great advice. And, you know, actually I heard um Tony Shea, the the CEO of uh, Zappos, yes, once said, he said, the, the bigger the ship, the harder the steer. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd rather have like a jet ski or, or a, a smaller, you know, speedboat that I can turn very quickly. So it, it big size isn't always the best. It's... No. Um, you want to be able to move quick and efficiently to be able to adapt and keep up with, uh, you know, the changes that are surrounding you.
1: We've seen some examples of this recently, you know, with organizations that you would think there's no way that um, they would disappear or would struggle. But, you know, companies like Blockbuster, Kodak uh, are good, uh, are store, you know, are lessons to all of us in terms of that, uh, you know, not listening to the market, not changing enough, not being disruptive enough. Um, you know, you, you you if you put your head in the sand, this is what happens.
0: That's right. I think another name that uh, comes to mind is MySpace too.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry. What? Who?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on! They're still around. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, um, do you have any events or any uh, anything coming up in the near future that uh, people can see you at, or were you delivering a message at?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, uh, there's a great high performance uh, summit coming up on November the 14th in London, and it's called Hacking Happiness. And the purpose of the event is to bring together uh, great minds, there's some uh, great lineup of speakers, I'll be speaking there as well. It's a it's a chance to network, it's a chance to uh, share global best practice, it's a chance to be inspired, to refresh yourself, to renew yourself. And so uh, 13th and 14th of November, Hacking Happiness London is, is a, an event that uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, being part of.
0: Great man, I wish I had a ticket to fly out there. On the thirteenth uh, and fourteenth. So, um, if they have a webinar or something going on, and I'm definitely going to tune into that.
1: The, the other one I'm doing is app is actually on the tenth, November the tenth, and that's a webinar. Okay. Uh, and that's called Step Up: How to Lead Yourself and Inspire Others. And that's actually uh, that's going to be big as well. That's called that's it's actually on a forum, a website called Sam. Which it's spelled S A A M, and that's African for together.
0: Oh, I love it! I love it.
1: Yeah, so Sam is an African term, and and uh, basically, uh, I'll be doing a webinar on the tenth of November. You can find out more details on the on the website Sam S A A M.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, Terence. Thank you so much. We're, we're nearing the end of the interview, and I want to kind of just get a few more things out of you, if you don't mind. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. You don't mind sharing? No. Yeah. So, what are what are some real cornerstone uh, books that you've read over the years?
1: There's many, and I would always say to anybody that wants to achieve their full potential and continue to grow, you've got to you, you you've got to be a fast learner. And you've got to uh, really focus on breadth and depth. So some of the examples that I uh, really uh, recommend, first of all, Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. So Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Ramelt. This is an excellent read, and really the the, the book is about being more strategic, focusing on prevention, not just being on the back foot every day. Uh, Another book would be Lean In by Cheryl Sandberg. And I think this is another excellent book about the, the power of networking and growing your posse. Um, so those those are two top recommendations which come to mind immediately. My final one would be All In by Chester Elton. And the the, the book All In is really about this importance of getting excited, getting enabled, uh, and really making sure that uh, you know you're energized and, and ready to deliver on the promises that you're making in your own life
0: excellent excellent terence three uh, really great books and what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll have a link to those three great books uh below this interview i think that's really going to help too okay fantastic beautiful thank you so much and the one last question i have for you yes. to wrap things up is <laughs> if you were left to deliver your last 30 second speech on your stage in front of the whole world, what would those lines of advice be? What would your last 30 seconds uh, sound like?
1: Well, I'm glad you've asked this question because I can actually now test out my latest 30-second uh, elevator pitch. So its I, I'd say, are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, take risks, learn more than is normal, be strong, show courage, breathe, excel, love what you do. Lead from the front, uh, laugh, cry, innovate, simplify, adore mastery, reject mediocrity, uh, aim for genius, stay humble, exude passion, shatter your limits, transcend your fears and do it now.